You're listening to Radio Tab's Mobile Rolling. Presented by Garrard's Horse and Hound. Making shopping easier with their online store. The same extensive catalogue, the same keen prices online or over the phone. 1-800-060-896 or visit horseandhound.com.au. Run up behind them. End of the straight. Expensive ego getting level now with I Cast No Shadow. Getting through the Black Prince. MacDan's finishing it off out wide. Act now getting home with Wolf Stride. Across the track. MacDan moved up. MacDan took over. Kicking back. Expensive ego. But it's MacDan. MacDan just won it. From Expensive ego. And Act now. What a run. Has rattled home. Yes, on the back of that uh, heat, which is a key heat in relation to Saturday night. Act now has come up really short from a good draw after eye-catching performance there. And Expensive Ego, as I said, he's done it tough. He's past couple working in the death seat. So I wonder if he could have some better luck there on Saturday night as we rolled on with this Inter-Dominion series. Chris Barsby is with us. How are you, Chris? I'm well, Steve. Good morning to you. Good morning, everyone. $5 each of two. The McCarthy stable, mates, with Tab right now. Expensive Ego, Spirit of St. Louis. And then we've got uh, a host of those Emma Stewart train runners, Act Now, Honolulu Bay, MacDan. They're all at $650, $750 Majestic Cruise and $9 Better Eclipse. So that's how the market looks right now. So uh, there's still some value out there going into that last round of heats on, on Saturday night. Yeah, well, as you said, Chris, prior to the series, there was no absolute standout or genuine superstar. All very good horses, but sometimes it comes down to draws and run-of-the-race stuff, doesn't it, with the final? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, this final night, obviously, is going to be crucial for a lot of horses. They need to, you know, solidify their spot in the final or for many others, they need to force their way into the final. And that's in both uh, sections as well, paces and trotters. So there's going to be a lot of grabs and we're over the staying trip here on Saturday night in Geelong. Mm. Um, I'm trying to get uh, Tab to do a market just for you. I'm working on it. (laughs) What price Emma Stewart to win the final? Because you think she'll win. Oh, it, she will. Yeah, I, I'm certain she's going to win. It's just a matter of which horse is going to win because she could have up to half this uh, final field. Uh, I'm sure she's going to have a minimum five runners, but uh, there's a chance that she could have six runners. So I think it's her race to uh, to lose uh, Saturday week, Steve, when that big final takes shape at Melton. But uh, it's just a remarkable training effort. As we said yesterday, she went into the series with seven paces and there's a chance that six of them are going to qualify. So five are are looking pretty much definite at this stage, but uh, it just, you know, franks how dominant she's been in Victoria over the last couple of seasons now. All right. Well, would you take a dollar fifty then? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I'll get yeah. Len Munsey on to it right now. Our first yep. guest is with a Shane Fraser. Well, there was some good news during the week, Steve, uh, for Queensland fans that some of our star performers are starting to get back to the track. And uh, talking about Shane Fraser, he's got Manila Playboy, and Bangkok DJ, and they were both at the trials between races on Tuesday afternoon, so I just wanted to touch base with Shane just to find out where they're sort of headed and what the plans are moving forward. Shane joins us now. Shane, appreciate the time. No worries, fellas. Good morning. Good to see them back at the races on on Tuesday for a trial. Yeah, it's nice to be back. I've been off the scene for a little bit. Had to give the boys a let-up and, uh, yeah, work their way back into it now, so... Yeah, we'll just see where we go from here. They both okay, we haven't seen these guys since July, since the carnival. The carnival was good, but it probably left you a little frustrated as well because we go back to Manila Playboy. He was absolutely dominant when he scored in that patron's purse at Redcliffe, and then he just didn't have much luck in some of those other bigger races like the Rising Sun, the four-year-old championship. So let's start with him, Manila Playboy. 
Um, how did you assess the, the, the winter period with him? I started out well, Chris. You know, I couldn't be happy with him winning the Patron first. It was a real thrill. And I thought he went super in the Rising Sun. He just had the worst luck possible. And uh, after that, he kind of trained off. And, yeah, I could see him sort of not, not training on as good as he needed to be. And his last start, I was disappointed. And, you know, I knew it was time to give him a spell. How long did he have off, Shane? He had about nine weeks in total. So, yeah, it was a spell he needed to have, and I got him off the property and sent him up to Toowoomba to a spelling establishment. And it's the first time he's been away from home, and I think it just did him a world of good. He's had a really good prep for this campaign coming. So when you laid eyes on him after he had that stint away from home, uh, did, did you see much sort of physical change with him? Um, oh, no, he, you know, he just looked like a horse coming out of the paddock, to be honest, but... You know, he, he looked healthy and, you know, he was happy to come home and be back on deck. And, yeah, I just, the preparation with him, it just, we just haven't had any problems this time, whereas previous campaigns we've had, just about every one of them, we've just had a problem somewhere along the line. But this, this time round, you know, he, he hasn't put a foot wrong, so it's nice for a change. Mm. Is he fully matured now? Is he fully let down? Is this as big as he's going to be? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Yeah, he's matured now, and I'm just, I was just part of the reason with the spell, not only that he needed it health-wise, but he needed to just go and mature and hopefully come back a bit stronger. Okay. Now, with that trial on Tuesday, obviously it was just a very quiet trial. He sort of drew off the second row, and he just sort of basically followed them around. So did you get everything you wanted out of that trial on Tuesday? Yeah, yeah, I was happy with it. Yeah. Uh, um, Hayden drove him and drove him perfectly, I thought, and... We just didn't want to knock them around first time up because I knew they'd run along in that trial, you know, looking at the times from the previous week and pretty much about the same, 53 mile rate, and my boys weren't quite ready for that. So we just we just dropped them out and let them run on, but his last, last half was pretty good, I think. Okay. So obviously then he's going to have at least another one or two trials before you look at a race yeah. return? Yeah, most likely, I'd say. Probably another two, at least another one, probably two. Have we got a race sort of earmarked, uh, you know, in this uh, new campaign that you're sort of keeping an eye out for? Oh, not really. We just just get back to the races and just let him tell us what he's, he's up to. And if he shows us he's, you know, going good enough, well, you know, we can look at our options, possibly to go south. But it's a, it's a long way off. We've got to come back and win our, you know, band four to band twos. And, you know, we'll just go through our grades and, you know, he's going to be in tough company. So we just want to make sure he's right before we even step into the arena. Sure. He's got a great record. 12 wins from 28 starts. Earnings well over $200,000. He's a proven Group 1 winner. Long term, in 12 months' time, would you sort of start, or do you start sort of thinking about the Inter-Dominion, given that it's in Brisbane next year? Oh, I'd love to, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I'm hoping he's in top form and we can sort of give him some breaks in between from now to then. And, yeah, in a dominion, would be, you'd be mad not to when it's on your doorstep. Yeah. But he's good enough, though, isn't he? When he's right, he's good enough. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm not sure that that racing will be his, will suit him down at all. But, I mean, we'll, we'll find out. If he's going good enough, we'll definitely be trying to have a go at it. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see. But he's, he's come back really well. I, you know, fingers crossed we can get a good campaign out of him. 
hopefully uh, he'll deliver this time around. Uh, he's been good all the way through, but uh, hopefully it's just a trouble-free campaign. What about Bangkok DJ, his younger half-brother? Uh, he's blessed with so much ability. Um, what were the expectations with him on Tuesday? Yeah, no, we were happy with him. He, he was really, he paced nicely. He stayed, he's good in his gear. Uh, got Angus to drive him just to make sure we can get his gear ironed out. Because uh, there's this race coming up in a in a week or so, week and a half that we might have a look at on the three-year-old on the Saturday, the tenth. And um, you know, we'll just see how he goes next. Probably trial him Tuesday next week, and um, then just go into the Saturday night race from that. But yeah, we're happy with him. Main thing was, you know, he paced he paced a lot better than he had the previous couple of starts. Okay. Now, he hasn't started since the Southeast Derby back in uh, mid-July. That was against uh, Can't Find a Better Man and Leap to Fame. Did he have similar time off like Manila Playboy? Yeah, he had He had longer, in fact, I think, uh, an extra week or so. He had about 10 weeks out. Uh, he had a, a bit of a problem with a suspensory, so uh, we had to give him some time out to fully get over that. And I think that, that had been bothering him a bit in the last couple of runs or maybe even maybe even more than the last couple of runs. I think it was simmering away and then we just didn't know about it. And uh, hence the way he paced. And if you have a look at some of the replays, he just wasn't right. And we were, we were scratching our heads trying to work it out. But it, it came to the forefront eventually. And uh, we found out what the problem was. So, yeah, when he's right, he's, he's quite handy. So, yeah, we'll see yeah, how we no doubt about that. He, he's quite a big horse as well. So uh, has he thickened up during that time away? Yeah, he has. Yeah, he's bulked up a bit. Um, yeah, no, he's he's a nice type. He's he's definitely grown. So you know, hopefully, you know, he comes back and goes on with it. Yeah, so he he was always a horse that was probably not going to make it until he was four or five. Um, Benny Battle broke him in for me, and he said that from day dot. He said, "I think this is going to be a real nice horse." He just said, "I think you're going to have to wait a while." That's all. So we just be patient with him, and you know, wait till he's ready. So you've got that race coming up in a couple of weeks. Uh, anything else on the on the radar for, for DJ at this point? Oh, not really, mate. We'll just play it by ear with him. You know, that would be if he's if he's right to go into that. We'll we'll put him into that one, and then we'll just play it from there. He's you know his prep hasn't been as, as long as Manila's, so you know he'll be just hopefully ready to go into it. He trial, now, I was very happy with his trial. I'm very happy with his heart rate. Well, given how fast they went, 53-4 last half and 55, uh, you, you can't really do too much more, can you, than what he did? No, no, no. They were wrapped in the trial for both horses. So, yeah, they weren't knocked about. And they both run home pretty pretty slick last half, both of them. And you got good feedback from both Hayden and Angus? Yeah, yeah. So we just make a couple little gear changes to um, DJ, but, yeah, all in all, everything's pretty good. All right. Uh, now, am I right in saying that their younger sister was uh, at the the education there on Tuesday afternoon as well? Yeah, yeah. She went round and first trip to the track, and uh, yeah, she's uh, got a little way to go, but yeah, she's a promising type. And what's she by Shane? Uh, Royal Lincoln. Okay. Lincoln Royale. Yeah. Yeah. No, she's a uh, she's a strong filly. And she's just taking a little bit more time. She's just not quite the natural that her brothers were, but um, that doesn't matter. We'll just uh, be patient with her as well.
All right. Well, positive steps there on Tuesday. She's been a ripper at stud, Bangkok dancer. Yeah, yeah. She's been a tremendous producer for us, and she's up at stud at the moment. So I'm, I'm too scared to ring him to find out what's going on. So. <laughs> Is she in fold? Is she due to fold? No, no. She's been empty for a couple of years, so things are getting pretty grim. But she's she's uh, up at a breeding centre at the moment, and they're doing a, the best they can with her. So she did have a few issues when she first arrived that they got onto, and which was great, and uh, corrected those. So yeah, we'd love to get another one out of her. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah, she's been a ripper. So fingers crossed all, all plays out there with her in time to come. It was good to yeah. see him back at the races there on Tuesday at the trials, both Vanilla Playboy and uh, uh, Bangkok DJ. So hopefully they won't be too far away and it's going to be a trouble-free campaign for both. Yeah, let's hope so. Yeah, looking forward to getting back to it. Appreciate the time. We'll see you trackside soon. No worries, Chris. Thank you. There's Shane Fraser joining us, Steve. So a couple of nice ones there. Manila Playboy and Bangkok DJ uh, both stepping out of the trials there. They were plays, but just did what they needed to do. So a positive start for their uh, latest campaign. So we're looking forward to seeing them. It'll be interesting to see, like, with the Inter-Dominion next year in Brisbane, how many local horses are starting to look at that. Of course, we've got uh, a lot of talent, but there's a lot of nice horses that are getting through the grades nicely that uh, could have a little bit of an eye on that prize long-term. So... He's certainly one of the Manila playboys, so we wish him well uh, over the next 12 months or so. Jonah Hutchison was in good form last night, snared a double at Redcliffe. Of course, we've been washed out today, no racing at Redcliffe, so fingers crossed that everything goes to plan tomorrow and Saturday night and Marburg on Sunday. But uh, the eye is in for Jonah Hutchison, and he joins us now. Jonah, appreciate the time. Thanks for having me on, Chris. Uh, nice little double there last night at Redcliffe, late in the program. Matt, I reacted, did the job starting favourite. And tell me this, a deserving winner because he's he's run some rippers since being under your care. Yeah, he's actually a pretty classy horse. Um, we got him and the first time I gave him a hit out, I was quite impressed with the speed that he had. He just had them little bit of steering issues, which he still sort of had last night. He probably could have won a little bit easier, but got on the one rein and sort of crossfires a little bit, but we're starting to straighten him out. And since we're starting to straighten him out, he's just become a, a lot sharper horse and getting a lot more competitive. Okay. So both horses going forward should keep getting through their grades because they look like they've got that little bit of upside about them. Yeah, both both horses, every time they seem to go out in the track, are just improving and getting that little bit more confident. So um, I can see him getting up in the grade, definitely. Okay, Matai React has been good uh, since uh, since you've come back to to Southeast Queensland. Hasn't put in a bad one yet. Yeah, he's another one I first got, and it took me probably two or three runs. His first two or three runs, he raced rough, and I think I might have lost him in his second run. Um, just again needed straightening up. Now that he's running straight, he's just racing better than he better than he ever has. All right. Well, a double last night. Here's hoping for another double on Saturday night. You've got two runners, and both look really hard to beat. Let's blaze. This guy, every time you see him, he seems to get better and stronger, and he's getting more tractable as well. He was terrific in defeat last time out and made a real race of it in what was a real sprint home. Yeah, the, the leader sort of just got that um, easy second quarter, which was always going to make it hard, but he always sort of puts in, and he did the best he could, and... It wasn't his week, unfortunately. But are we starting to see the best of him now? Now that he's getting a little older, he's starting to mature and, and fully furnish into a racehorse. So is the best still to come? 
I, I think the best is still to come. Like he, he did show a touch more gate speed the other night to hold the leaders back, but I think once he finds that gate speed, he'll be a whole different horse and can hold a more forward position because he does have that such quick turn of foot, but it's a little bit wasted by that lack of early speed at the moment, and he has to do sure. so much so much harder work coming from behind. All right. How did you sort of assess this race when the fields were released earlier in the week? No, I was happy with the draw because, as I said, he, he lacks that early speed. So it, it didn't really matter too much where he drew. Um, so that second row sort of helps him get straight into the running line and hope there's a little bit of speed on early and just use his amazing turn of foot in the last six to 800 metres. All right, we step up from a mile to 2,138 metres, but... That looks like it's going to be to his advantage on, on Saturday night. Yeah, he, he he always has been a bit sharper over the mile, but his his last half sectionals have always been a lot more impressive over the longer trip just because the other horses can't necessarily see it out as well as he can. Just looking at this field, there's a few there that are in form, but uh, there, there's no standout, so it looks quite even on paper. Yeah, well, I thought the same thing. Like, there's obviously some nice ones in it, but I, I thought he was the best one in the race. It's just going to depend on how far he ends up back and what what the leaders do and how soft the leads they get. Okay, well, that's Let's Blaze in race three. In race five, you've got this guy back in form, Favreau, but when you look at his Albion Park stats, they're, they're not great, but he's... Coming into Albion Park on Saturday night, full of confidence. He's looking for the hat-trick of wins after going back-to-back at Redcliffe. So can he turn it around at Albion Park on Saturday night? I'm hoping so. Like he, he's, It is a bit of a step up to what he has been racing, but his work this week has been really sharp and really impressive. And every time he seems to go out in the track the last month, he just gets that little bit quicker and a little bit sharper at the finish. So... It is a bit of a step up, but he, he is a classy horse, and he, he showed he can run times when he was back down south in Wagga, so it's just whether or not the horse shows up on the night. Okay. Just with those last two wins at Reckliff, was he, was he a little underrated there and just, uh, you know, uh, he didn't get the full respect that he deserves and ultimately he put them away because he was able to carve out a fast last half on, on both occasions? Yeah, like... he. He's sort of underestimated because I think he might have gone seven or eight months without a win. But um, in saying that, that seven or eight months, he probably finished in the top three a dozen times because he just had a bit unlucky runs. He um, did the last start easy. Like, his plugs were still in, his slides were still up, and he was just cruising the line and took his heart when he got back in, and it was still low as if he just had a workout at home. Well, he's got barrier one here. It's a mile, and you've got speed to your outside. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how this race shakes out early. Yeah, well, he's got plenty of gate speed. Like, obviously, I, I, I wouldn't be planning to lead, but I think he's got enough gate speed to land handy on the leader's back, and he, he can put up a real fight from there. Okay, well, hopefully another double coming your way on Saturday night. I noticed also earlier in the week, uh, venturing with uh, the, the Trotters now, uh, every second counts has joined the stable. So happy to have a little bit of a double with the Square Gators. Yeah, well, I've always wanted a Trotter. Um, I'm not quite sure if I can train one yet. So she's, she's <laughs> going to be some fun. She, um, ha- she's got a pretty good record. So 
yeah, just going to muck around with her a little bit and see if, how I go with the trotters. Is there a big difference uh, in what you've done so far with the, the paces and now having the trotter? Oh, definitely. Like, it's a it's a totally different thing to sit behind a trotter rather than a pacer because you haven't got that smooth rolling action that the pacer has. And because I, I haven't had, again, as I said, I haven't had much experience with trotters. It's, I'm sort of still learning whether she's trotting or if she's going to break and whatnot. So hopefully the more I train her and the more I work with her, I can get better with trotters and hopefully one day have a nice team of trotters in the stable. Well, I'm sure it's going to be an experience, no doubt about it. Is there room for a few more in your stable? Yeah, definitely. We're always looking to get better horses. Um, we're, we're just always looking to improve the team. So anytime someone sort of offers us, if we think it's worth a go, we um, take it on. We're, we never sort of knock back a horse, really. Is it hard to source now, Jonah, to trying to find you know those horses that are up and about, but is it hard to sort of source the horses now? Yeah, well, with the rating system these days, it's hard to hard to um, find find like some really nice ones because those really nice ones, like if they do get up and grade, it only takes a couple runs for them to be back down where they're competitive. So you sort of you sort of got to keep your eye out and message people, see if they're interested in getting rid of one. Like you you might ask fifty people whether they're interested in getting rid of one and only get one response back that says yes, but that one response is the one that you need and to get that better horse that you want. Okay, well, you're doing a good job at the moment. There's no question about a double last night, two really good chances there on Saturday night. Continued success and we'll see you trackside. Yep, thank you for that, Chris. There's Jonah Hutchison joining us. So uh, he's got two really good chances there. Let's Blaze in race three. Favreau drawn the ace there in race five on Saturday night. So a lot to look forward to with that big 10 race program at the Creek this weekend. Chris, there's just some news coming through. This is hot off the press. The, the press, as I mentioned, uh, there would be an announcement today and it has come through from Racing Queensland. I mentioned the thoroughbreds and the greyhounds in a moment, the increases, but given this is a harness segment, in relation to harness racing, 2.7 million in general prize money increases, including base stakes on all days bar Friday. That's 2.7 million general prize money. Now, 1.2 million Q-bred increases, including a $3,000 third win bonus being introduced for state-bred Q-breds, $1 million increase in feature prize money, and also driver's fees increased, Chris, to $75 per drive. But all the details will be up on my social media account and also Radio TAB AUS. Of course, mine is Steve Joseph 69 if you want to read all the details, Chris. But no doubt you'll be getting the, the participants' thoughts on uh, on those increases over the coming days. Yeah, absolutely. Do do we expect any news about a new home, Steve? I would hope so, Chris. I mean, we keep guessing whether there's some red tape to get through and things like that. Um, you know, we all believe it's at Yamanto. Um, not Yamanto. Um, halfway between Brisbane and the Gold Coast. What's the name of that suburb Norwell. down there? Norwell. But we're yeah. just uh, waiting on confirmation. But you'd think that it'd hopefully come... Oh, fingers crossed, before Christmas or just after anyway. Mm, yeah, it'll be interesting. Might be sooner rather than later, hopefully. Okay, yeah. So, we'll see, we'll see. Gloucester Park tomorrow night, Big Ten race program there. The uh, Group 1 feature is the four-year-old classic, so the nugget is not too far away. Matty Young is online with us now. Matty, appreciate the time. Good morning, boys. How are you? Very well, very well. What's news over there this week? 
Um, we're heading into uh, the four-year-old campaign or the four-year-old season. We've seen uh, many good four-year-olds going around in uh, the lead-up races or metro races. And uh, you, you sort of forget about who the four-year-olds are until uh, you start getting closer towards a golden nugget, a four-year-old championship, four-year-old classics and the likes at the different venues and different tracks. So... Uh, uh, just noticing them over the last uh, two months and coming into uh, what is going to be a really keenly contested four-year-old championship tomorrow night. It's uh, really exciting times. OK, the favourite at this point is Jumping Jack Mac, but as we know, uh, Gary Hall Jr. is down to drive Mighty Ronaldo. Um, this is an interesting race, and given how it sets up with the barrier draw, it, it looks really open. Absolutely, and... Uh, it is, an, it is an open race. El Chema was crossed last week from Barrier 1, but it was only just crossed and had a few things that didn't really go his way. Uh, and I, I actually thought he could do enough to nearly lead this because I, I could see a staggered start approach. I think Tenzing Bromac could get three parts of a length on El Chema and El Chema is able to burrow through. Then Blitz and Boy wouldn't then be able to pass uh, Tenzing Bromac. Stanford likewise himself and and the outside runners wouldn't really get involved. So I could see a line of four out the gate and then El Chema being able to burrow through and hold the top, which really holds the key to the race, in my opinion, on who would be the better chances to be having a bet on in the race. Um, Jumping Jack Max favourite. Labra Joe was outstanding last start. He's looking for Group 1 glory in his career, which is unbelievable to think a horse who's won over 500,000 in stakes. Hasn't been able to win a Group 1 as of yet, but uh, he's a horse that is going to be just off the speed. He'll probably watch things unfold. And he can be put into the race as jumping Jack Mack lately. They've been more driving him probably on the conservative side relying on his speed and trying to save him up for that last lap. And it's been really working. His performances have been outstanding. So tactically, it's going to be a very fascinating race. And the start really holds the key to how the race will be run. OK, so who have you got on top for this four-year-old classic? Uh, well, it's sort of... I've got two that I'm really, really happy to be with. I think Labrador Joe's the first one. Um, I thought his price represented a, a good deal in his price. I thought he grew around about the 64 mark. So to see odds of $4 or better on offer for him, I thought he was a really strong chance. Uh, but I, I, I'm banking on the fact that I think El Chema can lead. And then I'm happy to be with the horse of big odds called Penny Tiger. Uh, he's been looking really sharp and he's been unlucky his last couple. He's been held up for a clear run. Now he looks like he's ready to go. He just needs to get that clear run. And if the one leads, then his leader's back. And then if he works into the clear, I, to the point where I actually think if Penny Tiger led in a race of this nature, I think he'd beat them. So that's how good I think he's going. He's around about $23. Uh, I, I thought he was a good each-way chance, but you're relying on a fair bit of luck, but you're getting the price for it. So... I'd say they're 10 and 12, 10 each way and 12 straight out. Okay, so a bit of value there with Penny Tiger, currently $23 with tab fixed price. The other highlight tomorrow night is Prince of Pleasure. He goes around again. He was able to score last week. Wasn't a big winning margin, but it was a victory, and he remains unbeaten over there on Perth soil. Uh, no doubt they're looking towards the Cups and uh, uh, the new slot race over there. Uh, does he win again tomorrow night? 
Well, it'll be interesting to see. It's his first time over 2,500 metres. Uh, it's a bit of a tricky draw. It's his first run in free-for-all. So there's a couple of things there that it would suggest that he wouldn't want to be diving into too short, but he does look outstanding. So um, we'll get a really good gauge on how good he is tomorrow night. It's not the most potent free-for-all that you would see. So I'm expecting him to run a pretty strong race in this event. Um there's a bit of gate speed underneath. Babyface Adder should be able to hold them early. And I would say Ideal Asian will be trying to keep up underneath of Prince of Pleasure, which looks quite likely. And then should it should run to the top, Prince of Pleasure then either gets cover off of Mighty Conqueror or Gambit will probably punch around to the breeze at some stage or get into the race. Just depends on what happens early. But I can see Prince of Pleasure being close enough, so that's going to help him tenfold. So I do expect him to go pretty close to winning. Okay, two fifteen currently with Tab three ten ideal agent. Yeah, I think um, the two fifteen is probably not a bad price. He, I think he's showing all the elements and all the signs of being a Grand Circuit horse, and he's just got that. You spoke about him not winning by a big margin last week, but he just wasn't shaken up. So, look, I think he's, um, I think he's got the potential to be a really strong star going forward and this is a good step forward for him so you might take the $2.15 and then think after the race here we won't see that again for a while Alright well that promises to be a, a good race and it's a good card overall, 10 of the best tomorrow night at GP. Matt as always appreciate the time we'll chat again next week Cheers boys